Blog Talk Radio. I want to say greetings, shalom, peace, hotel, whatever you go by. I want to welcome every single one of you to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the show. Or should I say this is the network, Five Smooth Stones. I'm Brother Seth. And the show we have for you tonight is going to be dealing with Black History. This will be a Black History special. I am live in the studio tonight. Normally I've been doing, well, not normally, but the last four weeks I've been doing uh, what you call a pre-recorded show. But tonight we are live with guests, uh, Brother Ella Shore and Brother John Clark. Brother John Clark is mainly going to run with this show tonight for the first half and uh, with help from Brother Ella Shore and maybe some others that couldn't quite um, we'll just see, but for sure we have in the house Brother John Clark by way of California and Brother LSU in Texas. Already we have people on the phone lines, and there are those in the chat room. Thank you all for coming early. Early bird gets the worm. I also want to shout out to a, a private caller that has been very, 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 very much supportive of this show. Don't know who you are because your number is private. You want to be that way. But we always get callers every week, every week. Just one person that's always on time is guess what I'm trying to say. They're always there when I'm there. And I appreciate you. You know who you are. So tonight, again, we have a Black History special. As a matter of fact, let me go right to the uh, show's description and read the show's description where everybody will know what's going on because many of you just called the phone lines and you did not get a text or email. So earlier I sent this out to many of you, hundreds of you. It says, a Black History special. Redefining Black History. Let's discuss, are we just a few hundred inventions, uh, freedom fighters, and great entertainment, great entertainment, I'll read that again. The question is, or let's discuss, are we just a few hundred inventions as a people, freedom fighters, and great entertainment? Is that all it is to us? I went on to say, why many young adults trivialize black history? Yeah, why do young adults trivialize black history? Many of our young people just ain't trying to hear it. They seem to be stuck on materialism and other other things, they just don't value black history like a lot of us older people do. And finally, I said, I sent to many of you, material success versus spiritual success in black history today. This and much more, and that is the truth. We're coming at you with those questions and many more questions we'll be answering or asking tonight because we don't have all the uh, answers for sure. But we'll try our best to take a, a, a stab at it. And remember, my guests, unlike some guests on many talk shows all across the country, I should say some shows across the country, is born again. The people I invite on this show, on Five Smooth Stone Network, for the most part, are born again. Now, don't know, no, no telling who's going to be the callers and so forth, but those that I invite on this show tonight have been born again. What does that mean? That means they have accepted the Father into their life by way of following the Messiah. That means they believe in the scriptures for answers and the Holy Spirit, that what we call a Ruach, the Ruach, uh, to follow them wherever the Father commands it to go. So we're not perfect tonight. We're flawed men. We're limited men. 
but because of who resides in us, when we allow him to rule us, make us more than just mere men. So I'm going to take a little short break, and then I'm going to come back um, and start the show. Uh, this is going to be a little short clip here by Karen Clark Sheard called My Words. And she's talking about how words have power. Well, I thought this show was about black history. It is. But to be great in anything, it all starts with your words and faith behind those words. Our planet was formed by words and faith. So, of course, our words have power to curse or to bless. That's all you're looking at, family and friends, is a manifestation of our words. So we'll be right back uh, to start up this powerful show, needed show, uh, where we're redefining, really and truly redefining black history as we know it. So uh, here we go, and we'll be right back again. This, this song is just talking about my words have power. Karen goes off to say things like, uh, you got to see it before you see it. That's true. You got to see it. Whatever it is the Father's placed in your heart, you have got to see yourself doing it before you see yourself doing it. She says that in many other powerful declarations in this song. We'll be right back, folks. Thank you. Well, are y'all ready to let the world know that we have power in our words? Tell somebody my words have power. Oh, you got to know how important it is. Oh, we're about to declare some things in the house. Are y'all ready to do this? Come on, put your hands together. Oh, yeah. You got to learn how to speak positive and stop speaking negative. Hey, we're about to speak faith in the house. Yeah, yeah. To defeat the enemy.
where people will know I uh, have this recorded. Again, folks, these shows are recorded, so if you're listening, remember, after we go off, you can go back and listen and get anything you have heard, okay? So let's go ahead and get your contact information, John, if you don't mind. Uh, actually, for anyone who would have any reason to contact me, all that we need to do is just to contact you at Five Smooth Stones as um, my information, I keep it private, and my company information, while it's public, you know, it's for business. So this, they can always contact me through you, Seth. Okay, that's a show with on that. Yeah, just get get a hold of me. Anybody, any questions would be in garden business, which you'll probably mention. It's business business ventures or any information you put out here tonight as it relates to Black History. Also, Brother Elishu is going to be joining us in a little bit, but uh, before he comes, uh, before I bring him on, let me just uh, go ahead and say this. Many of you have been listening to this uh, 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 network since 2011. Again, I want to thank you as well as my family. If y'all hear a little noise in the background, that's my little grandbaby. He is in the house, so if you hear a little noise in the background, just know that's what it is. My little new grandbaby in the background. And uh, anyway, so uh, please note that since 2011, uh, many of you have been listening, but I want you to take it a step further and follow the show. Follow the show. That text that I sent you or that email I sent you about this this promo promoting this show, there on that page is a, something, a button called uh, follow. Click on that follow button. It's going to ask you to sign in either to Twitter or either to Facebook, and then it'll set it up for you. It will not mess with your Facebook setting or your Twitter fo- uh, settings. It's only going to deal with sending you a reminder whenever these shows are about to take off. And I think you get it 30, 30 minutes before the show starts. So remember, everybody, please follow us, those of us that do these podcasts or blogs. This is very important, very important to us. We need the numbers. We get treated a little better. Like, for instance, blog, talk, radio is charging a lot of my followers. I think they're doing that with everybody, but it's so wrong and it's so evil because I pay monthly. And then they come behind and try to make this little money off some of our calls. This is why we don't have a, a, a full house like we used to, because they're actually charging people. Like Brother John tonight, I had to call him on my on my own hotline that I have as a host and, and other people. So, again, follow the show. Also, if you missed any of the previous shows, last four shows I've been talking about my travel, international travels was the first two weeks. Uh, I mean, I talked about everything, all 24 countries, different Powerful, powerful experiences in those countries where the father actually either spoke through someone to me or me to others. It was just totally powerful uh, information that I put out there. Now, there were some fun things I did. I tried not to talk about the fun things more so. I mean, um, I might have mentioned here and there, but pretty much those four shows was talking about uh, enlightenment. That was the name of enlightenment on my travels, and that was a part one and two international, and then three and four was domestic. So Google those topics, those titles, Enlightenment on My Travels, and then Five Smooth Tony, you'll be able to listen to all four shows. All right? Telling you, uh, it, it was a blast. Even though it was a pre-recorded show, these four shows was pre-recorded shows, they are four of our top listened to shows. Believe that. Okay? So, 
anyway, I want to talk about what the show is tonight, the goal of what we're trying to do, Brother John and I and Brother LSU and any other host that's going to be joining us tonight. Very simple. We want the best for our people. We want the best for our planet. And more importantly, we want to do what the Father would have us to do, to follow his will, his spirit, in every single thing we do. Okay, and there are some things about those men that created this thing called black history. They meant well, and it is a very good thing that they did. Thank the Father for black history, the topic of it, the even the month given to black history. I, I'm very thankful for it. But we as thinking uh, 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 humans, spirit beings, cannot be, um, should not be uh, shortchanged by well-meaning good men, okay? And so tonight I just want to hit some areas, some angles of black history that some of you might have never thought about, okay? I'm going to say something, and then I'm going to bring on Brother John here in a second. But I want to say something to everyone, and I'm going to let you know right now, before I say it, it's a lie. It's a lie. I'm about to tell everybody a lie. All right? Here, I, I warn you, here it comes. Black people created every single thing. So-called dark-skinned people are the authors of everything. And so-called white people didn't create nothing. Jimmy, Brother John. I heard you. I'm going to say it again. Black people created everything. Everything you can see on this earth that God didn't make through nature, like mountains and all that, every other thing black people created. Why didn't create nothing? Now, obviously that's a lie. But I'm going to tell you something. That lie is closer to the truth than what's in your head right now, listener. Remember that. Okay, folks. Again, we got Brother John in the house, all from California, by way of California. And uh, he's going to be sharing some things on his heart. So, Brother John, just go right ahead and just Thank you. set the stage for what you want to say. And uh, you got the mic, brother. Very good. Thank you so much, Brother Seth. Let me give a shout-out to Arlene, as well as yourself, Seth. Many people are unaware that both Seth and Arlene were the ones who allowed me to stay with them while I was in Texas to help me get to the place where I am now uh, as far as business goes. They, they played a very integral part. And so for all those times that we've always looked at other races and considered why we were unable to work together like other races may have been able to work together, if you will, or I should say nationalities. Well, it, it happened. And Brother Seth and Sister Arlene are true uh, people of God, and uh, they gave me a launch pad, and I took it and launched. Um, I appreciate if that. I may, not a problem. If I may, Brother Seth, the, the background music coming through is uh, it's, it's loud on my end. To the degree that Trust I'm trying me, it's not to loud when you play it back, but I hear you. I'm just going to oh, turn it well, just a little bit. Uh, is that better, much better? 
Most it's not as loud as it is when you actually play it back. You'll see when you hear it back. But I know what you're saying. I, when I do shows and I'm listening to it, I have to remember it's not as loud as it seems. But go right ahead, brother. I turned you down a little bit. Okay, one moment. Uh, okay, so I just want to get that out of the way first because that's important. Um, and, and, John, and John, if you can hold one second, Ella, sure, if you're in the house, go ahead and press one because I want you to chime in with John as he say different things. Okay, so uh, Ella, if you're in the house, quickly, quick, quick, press one so we can chime you in uh, as brother. And I don't think he's in the house yet, but I do thank all of you that are in the house on the phone lines and in the chat room. Go ahead, Brother John. We just have to chime in the brother when he come in a little later on. Not a problem, not a problem. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to try and be pretty brief, but what I'm going to discuss today is, again, within the parameters of black history, I'm going to hit on four different points. One is who they tell us we are. Two, who we actually are physically. Three, who we actually are spiritually. And again, not everyone can claim that, but I'm only referring to those who can. And then lastly, for those who are spiritual Israel, who we will be. That's what I'm going to touch bases on again. Who they tell us we are who we actually are physically, who we actually are spiritually, and who we will be. And, again, this is uh, black history according to John Clark, czar of the world, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Um, So let's just talk about history really quick. Folks, it's important for us to understand that we are living, for those who are in Western civilization, We are living under the rule of the persons in Western civilization. And it's important for us to understand that for them to maintain a certain degree of rulership, they have to form historical facts in such a way that it supports them and what it is that they do. And the reason why that's important for us is that um, we need to be able to know that the history as we've been given it, it's biased towards Western civilization. Um, There's a term or a phrase that says history, the, the, the the spoils of war, history being one, goes to the victor. Whoever wins the war gets to tell you the reason why that war was started, why that war was fought, and how that war ended, so to speak, and what was done after the war, so on and so forth. I'm sorry? Oh, thank you, Seth. Now, I'm going to draw a real – I'm just going to give a real quick example uh, of a conversation that I had with a friend of mine named Rich, who I'm with out here in California. Rich was my roommate in college. Me and Rich were talking about some of the things that I've seen on Facebook, some of the hatred spewed towards Muslims. And Rich speaks, and he's like, you know why that, that, why that Americans feel that way, right? And I'm like, nah, why? He shoots me a documentary, um, and I watched this documentary. It's called The American Coup. It was on Netflix. Uh, or, no, uh, it was either Netflix or Amazon Prime. Highly recommend you watch this. The bottom line is, is that America – Western civilization, we always tout democracy. 
We have gone into other countries and knocked over the government because we we said that because they had a a iron fist dictator, let's say. However, back in Iran in 1951, they had a, a democratic election and elected someone that the West did not like. And ultimately, the CIA went into that country and undermined that government and toppled it and installed the person that they liked. So when you see Very these true. Iranians, and these Iranians, and all of them are pissed off at America, that's because in their history classes, they're told about this, the hypocrisy of the West. They're told about that in the same way that we were told about George Washington fighting the British. They're telling those kids about the West. And that's why there's a disdain toward the West by many Muslim nations because they're telling them the truth. We didn't get that. All right? And again, this conversation is not about uh, uh, Muslims, the West, how they interact. It was really just to draw out the example of history. A lot of people despise Muslims, but they don't even know why Muslims despise them. They just turn around and give them the same disposition because you're mad at me, I'm mad at you. No, they're mad for a reason because you said you uh, were a proponent of democracy and that's what they had. But because of oil, something that you wanted, you went against what you said were your principles and knocked over a democratic, uh, democratically elected official. So that's the importance of history, folks. And we are we have no. That's very that, that 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 is a very good point you made because we're talking about so-called black history, and but at the same time, <laughs> they have their history, and a lot of hatred is to aim at this country because of what we're doing to their countries, uh, we're, how we're, how, we're make, what made them third world in the first place. Why are they, you know, so, no, you're right on point. This is all black history. I, I love it, that, that angle. Stay in that vein. Keep by, going, brother. That's good. That was good. By all means. Uh, thank you, Brother Seth. Now, look, we're in February. Everybody knows what that short month is for. <laughs> That's the ongoing joke. Here we go. <laughs> they give us the shortest month of the year for, for Black History Month, y'all. But we'll take it. Just like Seth stated a moment ago, you guys, Black History Month uh, is when we normally will get a a, a, a a lot of black history facts. This person invented this. This person invented that. And uh, to be honest, over the years, I've enjoyed seeing that um, and realizing that Black people did this and black people did that. Folks, what I want to quickly um, state is that it was important for us at a time when history in general was absolutely void of the black presence aside from, they, in, in uh, elementary school or somewhere, they may have said blacks were brought over as slaves. And that was the extent of black history. Um, what they tell us is one thing. We were brought over as slaves. 
uh, we worked sugar plantations, tobacco plantations, cotton plantations, so on and so forth. But what I want to focus on today, aside from just general black history facts, who invented what, who was the first person to do this, is the reason why it's important to us to hear those things and why that's not necessarily such a, a good thing. It can be better if we understand it. And I'm going to bring up my friend, Richard Nassover again. He's my roommate from college. I'm having a discussion with Rich. After I got to be watching The American Coup, again, check that out on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. It'll, it'll enlighten you. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I was talking to him about a conversation that me and Brother Seth had uh, at one point in time. Me and Brother Seth were talking about Trump and Obama, and I was giving him my opinions about both of those presidents. And and Seth was telling me that, you know, a lot of times we as black people, we see somebody get somewhere or accomplish something and we tear them down. I was kind of like, look, bro, Seth, if he was a white person, I would have said the same thing. It really had nothing to do with his color, yada, yada. I'm, I'm glad that he's the first black president uh, as far as black president, presidents go. I'm glad. But, you know, I look at persons for the content to see how I feel about what it is that they're saying. So Rich says to me, let me ask you a question. He says, I'm going to give you a statement. I want you to tell me what's wrong with that statement. And he says, this is always good for some old profound-ish, y'all. <laughs> I have to give him his props. He gives you some good profound stuff. So, so here's one of the profound statements he made. He says, what is wrong with this statement? Jackie Robinson was a great baseball player and the first Negro baseball player to play in the major leagues. I stood there for a moment. I looked at the statement for what it was worth, and I'm like, I told him, I said, I don't see anything wrong with that statement. And what he said was this. The problem with that statement is that Jackie Robinson was a great baseball player, but he was not the best baseball player of that era. He was just simply the first black baseball player that the white supremacist system allowed to cross over into their system. There Very were good point. plenty. Thank you, Brother Seth. I'll let Rich know that you said so, because this is all his information, y'all. This is not me. He said the Negro Leagues were killing them back then, and there were, there were baseball players that were better than Jackie Robinson. And, and the, the, the old school people know. They know that. It's not like they took anything away from Jackie Robinson. He was, he was very good, too. But there were other persons who were equally as good, if not better. So what we do as a people is we're applauding the fact that the white supremacist system that oppresses us finally let one of us do something. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But we should never take our eyes off the fact that we would have been smashing that league from day one if that white supremacist system was not oppressing us and keeping us from being able to compete and show our physical prowess, the power, the strength, the speed. They, they kept us out. But when they let us in, you see what, what these leagues look like nowadays. Um, powerful, powerful, we, powerful, man. Yeah, and so it's important that we really keep 
our eye on the issue that disallowed Leslie James from getting into the major leagues. You're like, who's Leslie James? I don't know. I just made him up just now, y'all. The point is that there's somebody that was, he was better than Jackie Robinson and many of those other uh, people, uh, Caucasian people who played baseball, but they wouldn't let him in. John, if I may comment on that, that was powerful, brother. That right there is a good foundation of truth for this show. I just really quickly, let me just jump in here real quick. Folks, I heard you. I hope y'all heard what he just said. And that's the basics, the basis of black history. Black history is spoon-fed to us by, and I hate to say the white power structure, but it is the power structure of America. It happens to be mostly white people in it. But there are some black folks, actors as well. That is my problem with the education system, not just black history. I do not believe anyone born in America with degrees from American institutions is completely free from white supremacy. None of us, preachers, ministers, attorneys, doctors, none of us, because we are taught everything through the lens of those people that approve of things to be said. Our media does not report everything. Uh, we're spoon-fed, spoon-fed. We're not told the true news. We're told news that's popular and oftentimes racist. So, and here's a good one. Really, and then I'm turning right back over to the brother. He's doing his thing. The big thing to me about our education system is we know nothing of the world. And I do mean nothing. We know of white people. We know of Europeans. We know of the West. European or American, and a little bit here of those countries that want to be like them, like the Japanese and all that. But in terms of the glories of China, the glory days of China's powerful empires, that's why we're so shocked when we found out the early Chinese were dark, because we know nothing of China. Chinese, tune into the West, they know nothing of China. Because oftentimes, even in China, they're spoon-fed the West. And then if you talk about India, same thing. And, oh, my goodness, don't mention Africa, which is grandma and grandpa house, which we all left from and went out and started these various nations. We know nothing of Africa. I mean, that's why I say deep inside of every American is a white supremacist bone. And for the longest I used to get in trouble in Cincinnati because I would always say that black people truly, in every essence of the word is a phrase, is white. We're white trying to be black. We're white trying to be black. Keep this in mind when you're talking about black history. We're talking about a people that are really white in mindset. They just look black. When we run up against black people, Africans, so-called black people, when we run up against other dark-skinned people, there's a difference in the way they look at the world and the way we look at the world. Because we are white people. In some sense. 
Now, many of us are changing. We're learning. The Father is delivering us from that. And there's nothing wrong with being white. If you're listening tonight, you happen to be white. There's nothing wrong with being white because white people is a byproduct of dark-skinned people. Those, that that recessive come from us. But really quick to wrap this up. All I'm saying is, it's nothing wrong with being white. If white is godly, if white people are telling the truth, then we can be white all day long. But the truth of the matter is, white education is subtracting all non-white people from it. That's what makes it an evil. Go ahead, Brother John. Uh, That's perfectly stated. There's nothing wrong with being white. Nor is there anything wrong with being black. There's something wrong with being inequitable. There's something wrong with being immoral. There's something wrong. Okay, a hand, two hands went up. Uh, just hold on after John comes to pause. We'll come to you. Go ahead, John. Okay, yeah, there's something wrong with being immoral. By no stretch of the imagination is this, for me, a discussion that uh, looks to elevate one race above another. Because one thing I have found is that I have been jacked by many, many a different race at many a different time. The more time I spend with one given race, the more likely I am to be jacked by someone in that race. True. Um, uh, I will say that the issue that I have with history is that <laughs> it was jacked. It was jacked. You have, you, you, you can put in a search like the father of mathematics, you're going to find likely a Caucasian man, like someone like Pythagoras, Pythagorean theorem, something along those lines. Folks, they got their knowledge <laughs> from black people. And this is, this, 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 anyone who's a true historian knows this. The average person may not. But anytime you look at the pyramids in Egypt, and they cannot replicate that, and Egypt does not have the quote-unquote technology that, uh, that's here now, but the technology that's here now cannot replicate what they did in Egypt. They don't know how they moved those stones that were that big. They, they have no answer for it. Because, see, they were dealing with a higher degree of mathematics, a higher degree of understanding. And when they got conquered, because they did. Uh, there's a reason why there's a place called Alexandria in Egypt, because Alexander the Great put foot to behind and, and put his city there. There's a reason for that. So there was a time when you would travel on a Roman ship. The persons on that ship, if you had any books, they would take your books, they would write a copy of your books and give you the copy. <laughs> And take your original. Wow. That, this is history, y'all. This is history. This is, this is, you can look this stuff up. They were amassing knowledge of the people of color. And once they got to a certain point, they put foot to behind. They took everything and anything that was even remotely black, they destroyed. I have a friend that's from Africa. When that person came over to the United States, she explained to me that she was was afraid of black people because of what was told to her in Africa when she was younger. 
the the stories were such that if you dated an an African American person and you broke up, they would shoot you. And I'm, of course, I'm laughing at this. I'm like, what? I'm 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 aghast. It took her almost a decade, she said, before she ever began to really realize that these were not true facts. A decade, oh. a decade. And that's in today where, where knowledge has been proliferated all across the world. It took a decade to begin for her to begin changing her views. But I even told her, I said, well, you know, they did the same thing to y'all. They made us think that Africans were off in these little dusty towns with, you know, titties swinging. I can say titties on them. <laughs> well, you already said it. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, y'all seen the National Geographic. The National Geographic. I'm, I'm trying to explain that they did the same thing to y'all. To for we, what we had, the image that we had of African for a long time was they barely, yes, they, they did, and they they, the they brainwashed us against our own uh, our, our, our own foundation and their foundation, really. Hold on a second, uh, John. I got uh, two hands yeah. up. I think one of these is well assured, and I want you to finish okay. that. Don't forget that vein right there. Stay in that vein. But I definitely want to go to the phone lines. Again, uh, folks, you listen to Five Smooth Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. I have Brother John Clark all the way in California by way of Kentucky in Texas. <laughs> um, let's do this. Let's bring on the, the, the other Come on, co-host, Brother Elishua, and then we'll come to you, Erico, 314-381, with your question, comment. Sorry, I didn't move a little faster to get to you, but I just I saw you handle a little late. Elishua, how you doing, Brother? Yes, how you doing? I'm doing well, Brother Seth. Brother Yosef, how y'all doing? What's up, Brother, doing, brother L? Doing great. And y'all, Brother Yosef is Brother John, a.k.a. Just so y'all know, we ain't got no third person. The answer, brother Elishua, go ahead and say hello to everybody. Okay. Uh, he- he- hello, everyone. Uh, first of all, I wanted to just basically got, send out. I get a hold of you just in case, real quick. Okay. To those who I don't know, Seth announced it on the show, but I know that many of you all who listen to the show actually know me. You know me. You know I mean, you know me personally if you're from Fort Worth, such as Seth's sister and uh, others. And I just want to first of all just send out a thank you to you, those of who who do and who were, who have been praying for me and lost of my son. I feel your prayers, and I want you to know that I really. Truly, yes, yes. Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, really appreciate it. I really, yes, yes. I really appreciate it. As for those who don't know me, my name is Ellen Shua Israel Ellison. I can be reached at Facebook for right now. I'm going to open up other avenues of contact, but you can reach me at Facebook and it's Ellen Shua, E-L-Y-S-H-U-A-H, Israel Ellison, uh, on Facebook. Um, I'm a longtime friend of Seth. I am a classmate and roommate, uh, <laughs> buddy, friend of John's, and I'm just thankful for, at ORU or Roberts University, and um, and I just thank uh, the most high for the opportunity to be here with these brothers, whom I have literally grown in the faith with, and we have spent many countless, numerous hours exchanging the nuances of scriptures and the things that we are encountering within the society that we live in. And, you know, when I said, said he's going to do a black history show, I'm like, man, that requires quite a few hours because 90% of what people consider black history 
is nothing more than a superficial whitewashing of what really history. The answer to your question, John, is Archimedes. He was a white man. He was a Greek. It was oh, the sixth century. Of as far as mathematics. Yes. And of course, you and I know that is the biggest lie. I mean, when I looked it up when you said it, and I said, I'm going to look real quick and see. And lo and behold, it's a white man. It's a Greek. And mathematics was probably invented about 800 years before that man ever existed. Well, well do my favor. Do my favor, uh, LSU, because you're you, you about to ride with us the whole thing. Hopefully you're going to do a whole lot of talking tonight. But I have a hand that's been up before you even put yours up. I just want okay. to bring you on really quickly. Okay. So let's do this real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines and pick up Eric code 314 Again, forgive me for moving so slow getting to you, but give us your city and your name, please. Well, this is Pianchi. I was just drawn to your show because of the topic. Plus, well, how you doing, about, my brother? Pianchi, long time no hear from. But uh, this thing about what's taught in the schools. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're breaking up. You're breaking up, and I want to hear every word you got to say, brother, of all people. So try yeah, again, move better? next to a window or something. Well, I'm on a hand. I'm on a desk phone, but uh, when when no, you're breaking up, about, trust me. You want to call back, and we'll come straight to you. You won't have to hold one second. Let me call back then. Uh we'll bring you on right away. We'll look for you. Okay, that's P- brother Pianchi. He used to call the show quite a bit, y'all. brother, I know he got a lot to say. He's probably one of the few people that can talk as much as LSU and myself. <laughs> I mean, without, take, without taking a break. Okay, here we go, here we go. All right, Erico 314, Brother Pianchi. Uh, Pianchi, again, what city are you calling from? Okay, you're still breaking up, but go ahead. We can't afford to call back, so go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is that what's taught in your in your local school is up to the, the people of that community in most states. I know for sure in Missouri and Louisiana that the your curriculum, your textbooks, and your instruction material is not mandated by the state board or the department of education. It's left up to the local school district. So if you want to have history of any particular period, then the people of that district can have that in there. If they want to have bio or neuroscience or bioengineering, the people of that district that's up to you to make sure that that's in there. Now, other ethnic groups, whether Vietnamese, white, or Nigerian, they're not going to take that on for you. you got to do it yourself. And I can read the law as it is in Missouri. If you well, well, let's just say you're right. Let's just go in the premise that you're right. Brother Pianchi, what we're saying is even the educators – Unless you went through what I call a second born again experience, the first born again is more important about the spirit. It's fifteen hundred times more important than anything I can say in the natural. But there is like another it's almost like another rebirth where you go into history and you get rid of all of the white lies and you look for true civilization and you it's gonna take you back to Africa, whoever you are. And you're gonna understand go back and see the true Bible. It's gonna take you back to a book of sixty six books. Actually it's more than that more books than that, where these are very dark-skinned people. And where white skin does come in to the picture, it's associated with something that's not good because it's a recessive trait. And back then, recessive skin was not nothing to play with. It was considered a plague in biblical law. This is true history. 
But if you go to edu- you can go to every single college, probably in America almost, and a lot of people know this. This is what's crazy. Well, Some you know, people do know what I'm saying, but they will not teach that. So you can yeah. go, you can create your, your curriculum all you want, but if you got a, a, a pool of people educated in our colleges that has a, a, a vendetta or a, a, a conspiracy to hide non-white history, look what you got, Pianki. Well, that's still up to the people of those school districts to arrange that however that they feel is best for the education for their children. It's nobody else's responsibility. So if people in school districts let that go on. The law here says that notwithstanding the provision of section one six point five four two. Hold on a second, hold on a second. Do my favor, do my favor, do my favor. Don't read that because it, we're, we're taking your your word for it. We actually well, I can you. tell you where you can. I can tell you where you can go to find it. Now, let me tell you something else. My wife has gone in, and uh, the history, the things I hear people saying is not too true. Any skin color don't mean kin. And you go back to the ancient times. And I spent seven or eight years. I look at my passport in Egypt, going in and out of tombs, temples, and and on dig sites as far as the northern tip of the Sudan where uh, those societies were ethnocentric are in, say, in the Akan society in Ghana today. I, as an African-American, and you as an African-American, cannot marry into those societies. Back then, it was ethnocentric. Those people, those, the people that sat at the head of those dynasties came out of what we call today Sudan. Those that were then what you mentioned, Alexander, that was a cosmopolitan region. Some of everything was going on there. Well, so, listen, I know I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. I, I don't really see no problem with that statement. My point to you, and you are breaking up a little bit, so I'm not gonna. I'm gonna get a final comment from you, and then I'm gonna go to, to, to my host here. But Pianki, please stay on the line because I love your comment on various things. You're a smart brother, and I really respect your research. But I will. So I'd like to hear from you even more than than this. But later on. But let me just say this really quickly to you. Even if all of that is true. What I'm trying to lay down tonight, and Brother Brother, Brother John was saying, and Brother Ellis came in supporting, is this. The education system in America, let me think like a, a so-called powerful white person for a minute. They have to lie. They have to deceive. They cannot afford to tell the truth. This means genetic annihilation, says Francis Chris Wilson and a lot of the bright minds. Psychology. Listen, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Uh-huh. If whites, the white power structure told the world the truth about who they are, start with yourself. There was no, there was no, really quick, I'm going to go really, really quick because John has the floor, really. Really quick. There was no Britain. There was no Italy. There was no France. I'm talking about thousands and thousands of years of agriculture, aviation, university, and there was no Europe. How can you be from there? That wasn't the beginning of it all. Well, let me so say this. All this stuff you're teaching us, hold on one more second. Yeah. All of these things you're teaching us is after the Dark Ages, or after, I should say, not the Dark Ages, but when Europe was born. Idiot, idiot, uh, idiot, uh, idiot, help me, y'all help me out with the first book. 
I didn't see an Iliad or something like that. Iliad when they, before they wrote their first book, Africa had dynasties. That's real history. But they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to go that far back. So what they do is they create a whole new world of lies and deception to profit and to, and to brainwash your people so they can survive and build a nation of lies and deception. That's America. Go ahead. Final well, thoughts, and then we're going to go jump. Final thoughts, and we're going to go well, jump. Well, ethnic, ethnic groups around the world do that. Uh, nobody, you never hear about the black businesses between 1600 through 1865 that was doing Bluetooth business, transportation, stagecoach, uh, farming. You know, black farmers that sponsored Europeans to the country, they received 50 acres of land free. Nobody talks about that. But the thing is today is that your black kids are dead last in many of the areas. In some areas, blacks are not present at all. That doesn't make any sense. And as I said before, Nigerians are not going to teach your kids how it to take does. power. It does. If you taught you, you know what? It sure does make sense that we're behind. It sure does make sense the crime in our neighborhood. It sure does make sense we're giving a month. All these things are a part of the agenda. They cannot tell us the truth because then we will start thinking it's good to be smart and our kids won't be bullied they, because they speak proper and all this crazy stuff. Go ahead. But they're not going to nobody is going to give you what you need to take power from them in a system, a world of competition. That's up there to you, you to do that. If you don't do that's it, why I like you, brother. That's why I like you right there. I knew you was gonna drop the boom. But listen, Pianki, let me go back to the guest, Brother John. I know you have more, and I'm going to let you talk more. But just do my favor and allow me to go back to him and let him run with this a little bit more, him and Brother uh, Elishua, and we'll come back to you a little later on, okay? All right, everybody. Now it's Brother Pianki all the way in Louisiana. I really do want to hear from him. I hope you think I was very serious. Okay, we got a pro- another hand went up. Brother John, I'm trying to come to you, but we got to get these hands out here. Uh, Pianki it has a lot of information, period. But let's go to the phone lines again because I do not want these people holding. This is a private caller. You don't have a phone number, so that means you probably don't want me to give your name. So just go ahead and um, make your comment. You know who you are. Yes, I appreciate you taking my call with the mic, and uh, we give uh, happy uh, Black Month to all the uh, Blacks community in United States and around the globe. Okay, Mike, did you mention your name? Where are you calling from? I'm Singapore. And are you calling the from question, Singapore? Uh, the, yes, sir, yes, sir. Uh, well, welcome. I haven't heard from you in a long time. Go ahead with your comment. Yes, my comments are, you know, uh, we still we never forget Black Wall Street, 1921. We never forget Mamaya Abu Jamal, and we never get, forget Move Nine in Philadelphia. And uh, okay, hold on a second, know, Mike. Hold on a second, uh, Mike. Hold on a second, Mike. Somebody got some noise in the background. Mute me if you're not talking. If if that's you, Mike, hopefully that's not you. But if it is, I need you to stop the noise in the background, please, because everybody's going to hear when we play the show back. But go ahead, Mike. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, we never forget about the Move 9 and uh, Mama Yabu Jamal and Black Wall Street. Yes. And according Thank to you. Bernie Sanders today, he said that he's running for presidency of USA. You know, he said because of economic disparity and we have racial disparity, 
and we have religion uh, divisions and political divisions in this country. And uh, he really uh, uh, ran off the Trump, on, uh, for, uh, you know, told him that he's a maniac, this guy. And we need somebody to rule this, uh, I mean, to bring this country up to, you know, a better uh, future for everyone. That uh, we have to build an economy that everyone has a piece of pie, so nobody will fight against each other and or cut uh, the throat of each other. So, I mean, I I understand uh, racism in the United States has gone what five thousand percent up since this uh, tr uh, Donald J. Trump came came into uh, office. This is yes. insanity. This is yeah. from New York. I mean, New York is a very cosmopolitan city. We have Puerto Ricans. We have uh, all human species in New York or in other places uh, in the United States. Same thing. How is that possible racism exists today? Please, go ahead. Well, let me say this. Tell like me you bring up a lot of good points. You bring up a lot of good points. Uh, I do, you know, and I'm, I really want to thank you for your understanding of the black black movement. You've called so-called black movement. Uh, you've called several times, and you're always on point with what we go through. Now that amazes me. You way in Singapore, and you keep up with African Americans like you here locally. Now that's very impressive. That's the first thing I want to say because to you. Because I'm American uh, like you. Because I feel that your pain is my pain. My pain is your pain. And I and I thank you, and I believe you. I believe you. I want to uh, ask Brother John and Brother LSU if they have a quick question for you, and then we're going to move on to Brother John because this really is – he's got a lot to say, and he can't stay all night, by the way, everybody. So I want to get him back on the mic, but I really appreciate your insight on Black Wall Street and all these things because what are we trying to do tonight, family and friends? We're just trying to highlight black history, trying to look at it and see what it is and see what it's not. You know, this month is about to end, and people are going to go back to business as usual, and we just want our people to understand that it's a lie, it's a trick. It, it, it was people that meant well for, for inventing it, but it's shortchanging us on all fronts. Like I said at the beginning, Mike, yes. a, lot of, a lot of people just came in the, in the last 20 minutes, so I'll say this again that I said earlier to John and the listeners. I'm going to say something really quickly, Mike, and it's a lie, LSU, it's a lie, it's a lie, everybody, I'm about to tell y'all a lie. So remember that when I say this quick little story, that's a lie. And that is this, Mike. Black people created everything. White people didn't create anything, Mike. They didn't create anything. Don't give white people credit for nothing. Now, that's a lie. That's a lie. That is yes. a lie. We know that, I, right? But listen, hold on, yes, Mike. Yes. I want you to hear me out. Hear me out. But that lie... Family and friends, that lie I just told is closer to the truth than what's in your head right now. I guarantee you. So with that, John, any questions on Can what Mike has said? Any comments? Hold on, Mike, because they're going to question you, and then I'm going to let you go if you don't mind. Because we've got a lot to cover. Sure, sure. No, I have no questions. I, I just would like to extend the same gratitude that you did, Seth, for the, <clears throat> the fact that someone from a different nationality um, is, is, has their ear to the ground with what's going on with the quote-unquote African-American. Uh, I appreciate your contribution, what you just did, as well as the gentleman from uh, Louisiana 
um, uh, I, I can appreciate what he was stating. I, I couldn't hear everything, but um, uh, towards the end, what's funny is that the question that Mike asked, how can we have racism, is answered by what the gentleman from Louisiana stated at last, which is like you have a white power structure. They're not going to give up. It, to give up racism means that you're really going to lose a foothold. And so it's, it's a necessity that it be perpetuated. Necessity. And, um, yeah, it's a necessity. And so that's all that I have to say about that. But thanks, Mike, for calling in. Yeah. Uh, as well as and Mike, uh, Mike briefly, briefly uh, comment briefly. LSU, anything for Mike briefly, sure. and then I'm going to let him comment, and then we're going to move on to John. Sure. Uh, the person who discovered blood Hold plasma. Hold on a second, Mike. Hold on one second. Hold on one sure. second. Sure. Ella Shure, my calls. Do you have any questions or comments for Mike? Briefly, please. Uh, real, real brief comment, and that is this: is that the chaos that he has observed and that we are all experiencing is planned and calculated. We are coming to the end of the American experience. It's about to implode, and that they have an invested interest in creating a chaotic situation in this nation that people might be put under a police state to control because we're at the, it's about to crumble. And so what you see is people are, uh, you see people behind the scenes who are acting in desperation. So the fact of the matter is, is that here you are with an open heart, extending your love and concern for another group of people. When in actuality, the people who run these news programs and they highlight all the racism, their intent is that you and I never ever hook up. Their intent is that me and the Hispanic brother never hook up. Their intent is that I don't never hook up with white people who are God-fearing and who understand and empathize with us. They want to create chaos. They want to create divisions because that we're more able to be controlled once those chaos and those divisions implode into a situation that requires they arrest it, and they're going to arrest it heavy-handed. So I applaud you. Uh, I applaud everyone who feels the same way, and please don't feel I'm a pessimist. I'm a realist, and it's very evident as to where they're going if you have eyes to see. Mike, 30 seconds. Sure. In the global community, global village, there is no room for racism of any kind. And, uh, by the way, the person who discovered blood plasma was a black man. But uh, yes. his name is Drew. Uh, yes, uh, Andrew we, we know. Drew, I believe we know he's yeah. one of the so, main. So, so. Yes, sir. And and then when he he was he was in car accident. He was in North Carolina. There were hospitals because they were white, and he was a black. They refused him to give him service, and he died. And God right. bless right. his soul. Ella Shure, you got a little noise on your line. Ella Shure, can you quiet your line, please? Well, listen, Mike, we got to move on, okay? John has to be able to finish what he has what he has uh, searched for, and and look like we have another hand that just went up. So, Mike, I got to move on, okay? But thank you for calling. All from Singapore, continue listening. And if you have another question, uh, when I put you on hold, press one so okay. your hand can go uh, down, and then you can come okay, back later if you have I, another question. Okay. okay, I will listen you through the system, and if I have question, I come back again. I appreciate you. All right. God bless you. Well, I appreciate it, Mike. And don't forget to push one uh, now, and your hand will go down. Okay, let's go back to the phone lines. I know that we have a rule here on Five Smooth Soul Network. 
where we have a question, we go straight to the calls. We don't know how long they how long they have to hold. Okay, Eric code eight one seven three five zero. Go ahead with your question or comment. We'd love to know your city and your name, please. Uh, this is uh, uh, Malachi Reynolds. Malachi Reynolds from Fort Worth. Hey, Brother Malachi. Of Lost Town Israelite Ministries. And I just wanted to, uh, 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 I'm hearing a lot about the word uh, racism uh, in reference to the topic tonight, black history. And uh, I think that uh, we lack an, uh, the understanding of the word racism, uh, just like uh, 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 this this sister uh, who's with Turning Point USA, uh, a, a black conservative sister, was over there in the United Kingdom, and she got in trouble uh, because she was speaking about nationalism. I think that racism and nationalism has kind of, kind of become intertwined in today's uh, 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 political arena culture. Okay, uh, what's your definition of it? My definition of, uh, of uh, racism is, is uh, uh, if you look at the suffix I-S-T, like a violinist or a novelist, a violinist is someone who loves to play the violin. A uh, novelist is someone who loves to read novels. Well, race is, with the I-S-T suffix, means someone who just loves their people. And, uh, 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 but in today's culture, when you mention the word racism or racist, uh, it's usually taken out of, uh, uh, to mean that you hate other people. Well, let me just say, just for just for time's sake, just kind of speed up this along. I know what you're saying, but there's also called a working definition. A working definition. What does that mean, Seth? A working definition. Working definition means you can go into a job and they can have some on the policy page. Don't do this. Don't do this. But then there's also rules, unwritten rules. When we say racism, what we're talking about on this show, and I think everybody on the side of my voice means this and thinks this. Now, you might have the dictionary definition, or you may have an older definition of racism. When we say racism, we're talking about someone that thinks their race is superior, someone that would willing to act out on that superiority, racism, hatred, bigotry. Now, again, you might need to, we may need to, I'm not saying you're not, I think, I actually, I think you're right. But I'm turn, when you walk up to someone in Kroger and say, that guy's being racist, first thing they're going to think of is he is mistreating someone based upon their race. He don't just love his race. Players don't just love their race. They want to kill niggers. They don't just love their race. They're willing to, uh, 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 to kill babies in South Africa. They weren't just loving their race in South Africa, saying, oh, we love our people, and preaching about how great white people are. No, those people murdered millions of people. Whites came from Europe, uh, Brother Patrick, a.k.a. Brother Malachi, I meant to say. These people have killed, some people say, over a billion people. A 100 million rough in the middle passage. South America, I think some people say it was like 200 million. American Indians, we don't know how many millions. When you add up all of this, you're talking about a whole planet. And they weren't just saying we love our people. They were saying we love our people, we feel like we're superior, and we hate you. Comment, I know please. that. I, I, 
I, I, I know that. But I would just like just bringing this to the uh, 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 into the uh, into the talk tonight about the word racism, because I think it's the improper word to use to describe the mass murder of colored people by uh, white folks. I think the word that we need to use is prejudice, prejudice, prejudice. Well, let me say this because about prejudice. The, 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 now, now we got other like, co-hosts it's just like nationalism. If if someone said that their nationalism automatically because of what Hitler did, which was evil and wicked, because of what he did to the so-called Jews in Europe, they automatically <laughs> think that since you say nationalism, they, they automatically think that you just love your own and not nobody else, when actually it means that you first love your own and then you uh, love others. Just like I don't even care. I don't even, brother, brother Patrick, brother, brother, uh, excuse, please forgive me. I'm just moving fast here. I'm thinking about yes. Brother John, really. I know his time is limited. I want to get him on. But I don't want to rush okay. you either because you got some very important points there. My goodness. Three good callers back to back. But let me just say this really quick, and I want my co-host to chime in here. Listen, prejudice means to prejudge something before you know the, the facts. Yeah. They know the facts. There are people in power, they know who we are. They know we're not inferior. And they still kill us. They're setting the agenda for genocide. They know who we are. They're jealous. Like Isaiah Thomas, a good friend of mine, he said, Seth, they're not mad at us. They're mad at God. I said, what do you mean? He said, think about it. You go all over the planet because you got money. And you notice the planet is not white. Like your mother and daddy told you, you found out the planet is full of black people. You find out later on when you begin to research because you got millions and you can do that. You find out the Bible was a, a book of color. You found out that your skin is a byproduct of albinism. Oh hell, you mad at God, and you say if I can't run this earth, I'll just destroy this MF. And that is the attitude of these people. We can't play with them. Anybody want to comment? I'm, I don't want to be the only one comment here, to Brother uh, uh, Malachi. Please, let's go to Brother John. Let me John. transition, if I may. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Apostle Malachi. And says, I'm commenting here. Go two zero nine six eight three after Brother John's comment. I'm just now seeing your hand. That may be Sister Eliana. Two zero nine. But go ahead, Brother. Yeah, I just was reading uh, Apostle Malachi, and in reference to what he was stating, uh, point taken. Uh, grammatically, you can all you, you cannot always apply uh, things that happen grammatically from one word or one prefix or suffix to another. Sometimes the word does change, and thus the reason why at times you'll have one definition and then you'll have a second definition. But in general, whatever the population is utilizing, um, that's it, it, we understand it as such. So. Even though the word racist, in your opinion, may um, not be the correct word, it's just simply the word that everyone understands when someone is being um, uh, harsh, uh, hateful, or whatever towards someone else simply because of their race. Um, if, if they really are a nationalist, uh, then, then so be it. But um, for if it's all just simply about 
you one believes that they're better and they are demeaning someone else because of their race, uh, well, you know, pretty much 99% of the people that you ask, you know, what, what that is, they'll just simply state that it's a, a, they're being racist, whether they're right or wrong, but everyone understands it. And that's the reason why um, I would use it as such. Um, oh. With that being said, I'm sorry? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. With that being said, in the interest of time, I'm just going to go ahead and quickly, uh, I'm going to cut some things out in the interest of time and just kind of hit some of these pointers that I've made okay. that well, I hold initially on, stated. Hold on, hold on, a, hold sure. on a second. Uh, just go, ahead. go ahead, Brother Patrick. Uh, Brother Patrick. Brother yeah. Patrick. Uh, yeah. Are you okay? Because Brother John going to move on. Any other quick, quick, like in 30 seconds, any other comments, final comments, please? Just briefly, just briefly, just briefly. If they have the wrong definition that we should apply to those people who who, who committed those uh, atrocities on color people, then isn't that same as misinforming them or miseducating them? Shouldn't we give them the proper word that they should use to describe? And and that be the proper it. word. Well, I think everybody understands. I think that's the reason why I was saying, Apostle, that everyone understands it as it is, and to be honest, what would happen is that Webster's Dictionary or anyone else who writes a dictionary, they would likely have both um, uh, entries under the word racist, but the one that you're explaining, they would probably say uh, utilized back in 1600s, no longer utilized. Yeah. So. What we have today, the word racist, it's it's pretty much understood across all peoples in in all nations, no matter where you go. Even if you were in Africa, you can have one given race uh, or or nationality, if you will, or or tribe of people who are hateful towards someone else simply because they're of that tribe. And if you describe whatever the word is that they use, it would probably be something very similar. So all I'm saying is I don't take I don't take away from what you're saying. I agree with you 100%. All I'm saying is that if you were to uh, do a poll across, uh, let's call it 2,000 Americans, you would likely hit in the 98 percentile that people would say that what what a racist is is someone who is demeaning someone else simply because of their race. That's all. And, and, and just to make it really quickly, in less than 10 seconds, racism, dictionary, uh, prejudice, discrimination, antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's race is superior. In other words, oppression. That's what they're doing. But anyway, Brother Patrick, uh, Brother A.K.A. Apostle, Apostle Malachi, we're going to move on. I appreciate your comment, Brother. All right. Thank you. All right, and he did bring up something major. A lot of people, I've heard that before. Okay, Brother John, you got to bear with us, brother. I had no idea it's going to be all these questions, no, no but problem. this is what we do, okay. all these blogs. We come back at you. Like, so well. Yep, so uh, we never know. Sometimes we have no hands, and other days we have a lot of hands. But I think this is the Eliana. She may have a question. Uh, I don't think she's going to be a co-host tonight. I, uh, she didn't hit me back. I think she just have a question. So let's go and see what is on the sister's mind. Long time no hear from Sister Eliano. All the way to Mercy, California. How you doing? I'm well, and shalom to everyone that's present. Shalom, Sister Eliana. Shalom. All right. I did want to make a quick comment because Brother um, Malachi said, what is the right word? And the word really is enmity. It is the state or feeling of being actively opposed or hostile 
to someone or something. And the scripture describes an enmity that occurred between twin brothers, uh, Esau and Jacob, which um, applies in, uh, uh, largely to what we're experiencing because not all of the white race is has enmity against us, but there are some in the race of that of that community that are the seed of Esau as descendants, and they have the enmity against us. But it's not across the planet, and it's not in general, all of the people. And we know this if we travel, there are some countries that really embrace um, the Hebrews. And then there are some that as soon as they see us, they just start turning red. There's this enmity that rises up in them. There's this hatred. I mean, it's almost like they begin to spew or fume. That that is that seed that we're talking about. So I think overall, as we've uh, waken up and and learned that we are Hebrew people and, and over this you know, several years that we've been discovering who we are, coming to this culmination of the 400 years, you know, a lot of teachings have gone on, and and our studies, we've tried to group all of the entire European population as being the seed of Esau, hating us um, as the Hebrew people, and the reason for our enslavement. But if we really go back and do all of our homework we understand that the Most High had his hand in it. There is a group of people that are truly the seed of, of Esau that, are, that have the enmity, and that's in the blood. They can't help it. But the Father has a plan to deal with all of that, but it's not the entire white population of people. And so we should be clear on that. Just like everyone black is not a Hebrew, everyone white is not Esau, but there is a distinct group of people, and they are uh, ruling here in the United States. Uh, some of them are of the seed of Esau, and some of them are just mixed in, and they're just getting a free ride because they have the privilege to ride that ride because of their skin. So I think the true word is enmity. And that's what um, we have experienced is that deep-seated inner, you know, animosity, dislike, hostility, um, just based on the fact of who we are and who they are and the fact of the birthright and the prophecies that carry. As you said earlier, you know, when you go around the world and you see that, you know, three-fourths of the world is dark in complexion, and you were told that you were... No, it's, no, it's 92%, Sister Eliana. It's 92% according to the United Nations are non-white. Wow. So that's huge. Some so people argue 10. Some people argue 10, but never have I heard it over 10. It's 10 or 8. So when you see that, of course, if you have, if you are the seed of Esau by blood, not by skin, but by blood, you're going to have animosity because that's what the scripture said. That's what the Father said, that animosity stemmed from the womb, and so it is still present today. So we, you know, we have to understand that, but there are a lot of people that are just, you know, like I said, they have that white skin privilege, so they are able to, you know, experience a quieter, better life among those who are that seed. Powerful, but powerful. I couldn't say that. I know you got more to say, but I, before you say more, I want you to say more. But before you say more, that was a lot. That was a whole lot, and I agree with every word. 
I agree with every word. I've never agreed that all the white people are Esau. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that at all because there was too much mixing to even have a white lily race back then, anyway. So I don't buy that at all. I, I think it's a spiritual thing. Uh, I think Esau is a part of it, but I, I'm not going to say that black people ain't, ain't sharing that. But before we get off into Esau, I, I love for Ella Short to comment on what you're saying. And brother John, if you feel need need to necessarily, Ella, you can finish up. And then John, you got the flow. I promise you, brother. No hands are up right now. Again, if you have a, a question or comment, don't feel free to ask your question or comment now. We, we, we're trying to get John on, but you're okay. Believe me, the, the callers are priority on this show, and then come the guests. So if you have a question, raise your hand. If you've been on before, I probably won't let you speak as long. You may only get a minute that second time around, but you're more than welcome to speak again. Okay. Uh, Brother Elishua, please comment if you have something. Well, first of all, let me say hello to Sister Eliana. Um I have a special <laughs> love in my heart for this sister because in my time of uh, bereavement, you know, she's basically on a number of occasions have just sought out to, you know, just say, hey, you know, love you, praying for you, you know, encouragement. So I just want you to know, Sister Eliana, I really, truly appreciate that. Wow. Um, You're and, very welcome. And- yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, what I'm about to say, some would perceive, did he just fat enough for the kill? No, it had nothing to do with it. I had to give that. That's something personal. But what I'm about to say now is not speaking in my regard, but I have to speak now as a representative of the kingdom. And I have to say this is that a lot of our problems that we have is because we seek and we have been taught to look at things from a superficial perspective. Really, when we talk about this enmity that we have, because if we want to talk about Esau, and this is why I have a problem with the white men, the Esau doctrine, Esau is our brother. We came out the womb, at, out the womb enmity with Esau, and 99% of us have never even engaged the Esau. What we're talking about is Gentiles, and what we're talking about, the enemy and the confusion that we have in the conflict, it comes from one group of people, and they're not all white people. As a matter of fact, they are a minority among white people. The problem is is that they have informed white people for over a thousand years, and so therefore what we see in white people is actually informed, indoctrinated, and learned behavior. It's not a matter, this is my nature. The people who are at war against humanity and those people who Seth described as who are at hatred with the Most High are the synagogue of Satan. And they are at the root of everything that keeps us at enmity with one another. Whether whether we're at enmity politically, whether we're at enmity culturally, if it's homosexuals against heterosexuals, if it's black against white, if it's political, Republican against Democratic, there is a group of people who reach great, much benefit from keeping us at enmity with one another. And so what we do is we attack each other while the devil is sitting in the room grinning because he's created all this confusion, all of the, the, the corruption and the vow and perversion that we see from hip-hop comes from this people. And it's also they're responsible for all the perversion and the hatred that comes from people who are racist like people who are in the Ku Klux Klan. So what we're doing is we're at enmity with each other when the real enemy is sitting up benefiting from our chaos, from our confusion, and our enmity with each other, even to the point 
to where like Sister Esau was, I mean, uh, Sister Eliana was talking about um, uh, the Esau, even things like that, where they even basically, uh, how can I say it, they cultivate false doctrines to keep us at one another. Uh, Brother John, you might be surprised that the person who began the doctrine that Esau is a white man wasn't actually a white man. He wrote it in the book, and then Hebrews begin, Hebrews begin to teach what was in that book. When we go to the scriptures, it's very clearly that Esau is our twin brother. So unless he's been bleached, there's something wrong with that. And the fact is that these are the things that keep us going at each other, keep the strife, keep the confusion. And, and, when, I, and when I meet a white person, because I know that inherently, based upon their teaching, that they're going to have some type of racial attitude towards me, even though they may not have no hatred towards me. When I meet a black person who is really ingrained and who has become, what's the word for it? Um, oh, help me here. Where they've assimilated into the culture, then as you said, Brother Seth, and as you stated repeatedly during the entirety of the history of this show, those people are white supremacists. Because what they have adapted wholeheartedly, the education that they have acquired in the American system, and like the brother clearly said, it's Man. real simple. The brother clearly said earlier is that history is always written in the positive behalf of the victor of any war. So all we've been receiving for the most part from the beginning of the history, when we talk about American history, and we cannot discuss African history or black history without talking about American history, the bottom line is that 90% of what you people believe in this nation is a lie. I didn't say 10%. I said 90% of it. What you were taught and you were educated in schools is a lie. Like the great example that John made about the fact that who is the father of mathematics? And when we pull it up, we get a name of a white man, a Greek. When those who are more, a little bit more astute in our research understand that the reason why come that has been attributed to you, because what you have is a stolen legacy. You stole it from the Egyptians. And then you burnt the library so that there would be no history to state and indicate that this information belonged to them. And then you took their names off of it and you put your names on it. Wow. So when we deal with history, we're dealing with a very is a very evil and wicked endeavor that has been used to oppress people. And you know I better shut up because you know I'm not going to stop until I get to Christianity. Brother <laughs> Seth? Well, well, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's go to Sister uh, Eliana and let her, uh, if she has any comments, and then we'll hear from Brother John on this. And then after after that, Brother John is going to finish what he was uh, saying. Uh, Sister Eliana, any feedback from what you said? Let's go to Brother John first. Brother John, any feedback? And then we'll come to Sister Eliana. Any feedback from what LSU just said? Anything? Well, actually, just feedback in general. <clears throat> and um, I, I think that what Sister Eliana, the word that she utilized, enmity, is a very accurate word. However, yes, sir. you will find, now keep in mind, I'm not saying this like, as if I'm opposed to what she stated. But it's, what she stated was a result of what Apostle Patrick was stating about the word racist. racist. What you will find is a hundred times out of a hundred times, if you go and say that this person is being enmitist toward me, no one will know what you're talking about. Right. They'd be like, what is it? <laughs> They're being enmitist toward me. I tried, I wanted to get on the bus, and they said I had to go sit in the back. They're being an enmitist. You know, no, well, no one understands it like that, even though that that's a better, that's a more accurate word. That's a more accurate word 
good point. to describe what what it is that we deal with. However, and, in our lexicon, we're going to utilize what most people understand, even if it's incorrect. If, if you understand, between, matter of fact, I, I, I used to make a statement that I would ha- I'd rather have someone who loves me teach me the wrong stuff than someone who don't, don't love me teach me the right stuff. And the reason why is that the person who loves me will likely figure it out and come and give it to me, apologize for that wrong information. But the person who doesn't love me, it's just a matter of time. For they purposely teach me something other than what's true. So I guess what I'm saying is that in a working, in a working system, the lexicon that we utilize, we can only um, utilize what everyone understands it to be, and it may not, like I said, it may not be correct. But and, but, and, and, um, and let me say this, John, if, if I may, because again, I'm thinking about you, brother. Allow me to just in, 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 cut you off just for a second. I know I just cut you off. Yes, I did. But I want to spend too much time on this word because, like agree. you say, if you walk into the store and say the word enmity, ain't nobody gonna know what you're saying. But if you say that person was racist to me, to a stranger, you say. To a stranger, that that cashier over there, be careful, she's racist. That person is going to know exactly. Now watch this. Ready for this? A million people is going to think what you, they're going to know what you're saying. If I go tell a million people enmity, you might get a minister or something that might know. But all I'm saying is you guys is probably right in terms of the scripture, what it really means, or in terms of the, the, the you know. I'm not, I'm not saying you're not right, but I'm just saying every time I raise them tonight – Please know that we're probably using the wrong word, but just know what we're talking about. So we want to spend the whole show talking about the Can definition. Can I say something? Go right ahead. I got ten. I got. I got a ten. Can I jump Hold on. Let her finish. Let her finish. Then you can okay. come and chime in, brother Elcho. Go ahead, Cecilia. So, so then you know I've had this experience, and we probably all have. If you tell someone who is not a Hebrew or non-black, and that a white person is racist, and usually I've had this happen in like. The, the marketplace, so that means in stores, workplaces, whatever, you know, other other places other than a church situation, synagogue, or home. But if you talk to other people and they you say, this person is racist, you know the first question that comes out, they always say, why? Why are these yeah. people like that? And really, that's where the education, so like Brother John was saying, you know, many people have been miseducated. I mean, like 90%, like of our education is wrong, and we use the term when we're when when our when the educational system is teaching the children. Let me in the background. Mute us, please. Go ahead, Cecilia. When you're teaching the culture, one of the things that they always want to make sure is that you but understand. I'm your line. Just just hold on a second, brother. Go ahead. Sister. When they when Sorry. you use the word. When you use the word understand, it means, and if you agree to that word, it means that you are, you're actually coming under the authority of the person in power, uh, even if it's a, 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 you know, a political figure, a, a, um, a legal figure, a police, or, or a teacher. But when they say, do you understand, they're ask, actually asking you to come underneath their authority. So whatever they teach you, you're going to believe it's correct. And so what the Father is doing in our enlightenment is he's, he's helping us to overstand, to, un, to, to come to a, a level of, of knowledge base that 
brings us above what this culture has taught us for so many years and has brought us into this place of submission because we are about to come into true leadership. So, yes, the word the, the proper word could be is, is enmity, but like we've been miseducated to believe that it's racism, which then people coming under the authority of the powers that be understand. So they all bow gotcha. down. Ellen, let, let, let me do this because you, you've nailed it, and I appreciate it. And, and, and like I say, folks, we probably are using the wrong word. But the, the show tonight is just talking about black history and looking at it from all angles. Brother Patrick came on and, and was, got us politically correct, and this is the Eliana even got us even more politically correct. So, all right, we could be using the wrong name, but we're just trying to highlight how we look at black history and how it indeed is a joke compared to the real history and the thousands and millions of things we're doing every day. Everybody ain't famous that we're doing. So, Eliana, any more comments? Because I know you got a lot. And after that, we're going to take a little short break, and we're going to let Brother John do his thing. Hey, bro, hey, Seth, Seth no more before time. you get out oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ella Shore, you're right. i got to come to you first. Yeah, my bad, bear with me. No, I don't, I what, I wanna, what I want to say I is that... Oh, hold on, Sister Eliana is finishing up. Then we're going to come oh, to I you. I'm not going to go to the break. I'm not going to go to the break. I'm going to come to you. not going to go to the break. I'm going to come to you. Go ahead, Sister Eliana. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say uh, no more comments. I'm just excited, you know, to just be back a little bit in the mix. And thank yes. you so much for entertaining my um, the information that I brought to the table. I'm enjoying this show. Well, sister, remember, you can't come back when I put you on hold. Don't forget, push one so your hand will go down, because we definitely want to hear from you even a little later on, okay? All right, that's Sister Elia, all right. Eliana, all the way in Mercy, California, and she's going to press one right about now, and her hand's going to go down. Brother Ellis, she'll go ahead with your question or comment, and Sister Eliana may come back on a little later on, y'all. Go ahead, Brother Ellis, Okay, uh, I just wanted to say this before you turn it, turn it over to John, and that is this, is that please, people, one of my first pastors, Pastor Johnny King, used to say something, and i never forget it. He said, meet people where they are, and I'm talking to Brother Malachi in this respect, and that is this, is that conversations and words are like an exchange, a medium of exchange that we understand. I'm just to give you all a living example of how, it's wise to meet people and use language that they understand and they can relate to because definitions of words change not only from time but from culture to culture. John Clark, can you hear me? Oh, I'm sorry, I was muted. Yeah, I got you. Okay, you can hear me, right? I'm yes. supposed to greet you, and then I'm going to greet Seth, and I want the audience to listen to both of y'all's reactions. And I want you to be authentic in how you respond to me. John Clark, yeah. what's up, my nigga? What's good? Hey, man, you all right? Everything's good. You know I love you, right? <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Seth Turner, what's hey, up, man, my nigga? What's up? Man, now, come on, no, bro. Brother, no. come on, man. I'm working hard not to be a nigga. Do not call me See? a nigga, man. I'm working 58 years and I've been a nigga. Don't address me like that, bro. Perfect. Perfect. Now, I want to say to the audience, what you just got, even though it may appear to be staged, it's not staged. Because if I ask them, man, and each one of those men on the phone, if I'm on the phone, just him and I in a conversation, what the response you just heard is exactly what's going to happen. Now, me and John, we share a culture that we understand certain things. 
And when I say to him, what's up, my nigga, that's like saying, what's up, my brother, my tried and true friend. We dogs. Now, if I say that to Seth, he's offended by that. I'm using the same word. I'm talking to people of the same ethnicity, but they perceive it differently. Now, here is the test. Here is the lesson. Here is the 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 the, the point on the get. Seth, do I ever call you nigger? No. Yeah, I don't. You know why? Because I know that that word offends you. Now, John Clark, do I call yeah. you nigger? <laughs> Often. Often. <laughs> Often. And he's not offended by it, and he calls me the same thing, and I'm not offended by it. All I'm saying to Brother Malachi and those who are listening, let us not lose the truth because we get entangled over semantics. The thing is, is to understand those whom we are communicating to and communicate in the best manner that we are assured that the message is conveyed. Back to Brother you, Powerful, powerful, powerful. Well, y'all listen, let's take Brother a little break. I mean, no less, no more than a minute. No more than a minute, and we'll be right back. Yes, go ahead, Brother John. I just want Brother L to let him know I need to speak to him after the show. <laughs> you need well? Good day. Brother L, I'd like to speak to you after the show. <laughs> I ain't hard to find. I ain't hard to find. <laughs> Y'all mess. Y'all mess. Okay, folks, well, you've been listening to uh, definitely the Five Smooth Stars Network. You've heard from Sister Eliana, uh, the caller, among other callers. Sister Eliana normally is co-hosted. Call it tonight, and I appreciate her in the house. Uh, Brother John is in the house. She was in the house. Brother Patrick came on, a, a gentleman from Singapore, PNK, and I know I'm missing somebody. But folks will be right back. Just a quick little short little break. We'll be right back. How long is the break? Uh huh. <laughs> y'all ready, y'all? Come on.
here tonight talking about black history, looking at all kind of angles, even redefining what it is and, and, and the key words that center around it that that make up this history, including racism, folks. We're talking about, we're swinging tonight, we're swinging tonight, and I do thank you for tuning in. Really do appreciate everything. Folks, I want to uh, share, uh, uh, should I do it now, should I do it now? John talked about this earlier. Uh, why don't I just go ahead and just share this really quickly, and then uh, we'll go to Brother John and, and everybody else. Uh, early on in my ministry, I remember seeing, uh, I'm going to tell you about this day vision real quick before I bring the brothers on. This ain't going to take long, I promise you. I'm looking at the clock. No more than about two minutes. I, I remember sitting down, and I got this day vision. I was I was just, just praying. You know how you pray, and then you pray. Well, it was one of those times I was praying and really into deep meditation and this is when I seem to get most if I'm going to get anything I remember seeing a black figure in front of me I mean a dark figure like black really black 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 dark figure and I don't know why don't ask me why I don't know why but I wanted to move this figure in front of me because it was blocking my view so I remember standing up and going and pushing on this figure and it didn't move it didn't budge and so I say, huh, what is this? I remember pushing on the figure again. And it did move, family and friends. Again, I see this day vision, which means I'm awake. I'm, in, I'm kind of in a trance, and I see this. All of a sudden, I put some weight into it, and this figure does not move. And now I'm curious. I'm like, what is this? I didn't think to look at the top of it just yet. I, and then I, I kind of come back a few yards and I put, put a football move, which means I run like I'm going to tackle it. Don't ask me why I was trying to move it, but I couldn't see. It was in my way. It was in my vision. So I ran into it like a, you know, like you would, like a middle linebacker would hit something, and it did move. Then it dawned on me, see the top of it. See what it is. Go See what this is. And I began to back up, back up back up and I couldn't see the top of the family and friends so I kept walking backwards saying dang this is a pretty tall object here and I began to back up back up back up back up and then I still could not see the top we're talking about I'm a football field away now I can't see the top of this image and so I remember asking someone to drive me because I was walking too far and I kept feeling like I'm out to, so I had someone to drive as I was looking at the top because I had walked so far. And after a while, I could see downtown skyline of Fort Worth, or a skyline, I don't know if it was Fort Worth, and this image was taller than the skyline. Then something happened. Please listen. Then... After continuous driving, outside of the county even, I saw the face. And I remember it looking at me as though it's going to destroy me because I even saw it. Nobody see it. It was upset that I saw it to me. This 
is the giant of white supremacy, unmatched, unchallenged. That changed my life. I began to research, what does that mean, unmatched, unchallenged? I began to do the research, and I found out this country that we live in, it's truly white supremacy slash black inferiority, same coin, different side. It's unmatched and unchallenged. There's nothing that can topple that giant but the kingdom of the Most High. Let's go back to our guest, our brother John Clark, all the way from California by way of Kentucky and Texas. Brother Ella Shue on the line now as well. Uh, Brother John, any comments on what I just said? And then I want you to finish what you have come to deliver to us. But I would like your input on that on that on that vision, that daydream vision I've seen. Please, true story, y'all. Well, yeah, that, that in, in the interest of time, let me just say, Black History is great. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> I'm messing with you. What you say? What you say? I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Please, I said, please repeat. Black, black History is great, and have a good night. Um, <laughs> but you know, Seth, you told me that story a long time ago, and the thing is, is that that left an impression on me because the more I've looked into things, especially here over the last week, that giant, if you will, <laughs> that its tentacles course throughout the entire earth. There's there are there are people who live on the other side of this world who deal with that giant. It, it no matter no matter you would have to be removed from society to not deal with it. I was just looking at a another documentary talking about the uh Afro uh, I'll just say the African quote unquote population in Brazil, in Haiti, in Dominican Republic, in Cuba, and what they deal with, grappling with the fact that you came from Africa, quote unquote, <laughs> um, but Europeans um, mingled with them. And now they have a distaste for their African heritage, and it's perpetuated by the governmental system. So that particular vision that you had, it is so accurate, but I can tell you the piece that I'm enjoying this proposition right now, I call it equal because Mathematics is something that God has given man, and it requires that one portion of a formula equals in between the other portion of a formula. They have to equal. That giant is weighing heavy on one side, and that equal sign has yet to balance that out. I was walking to the store the other day, and I came up with a, a, a slogan for myself. Because if, if no one knows, everyone should know this, people of color, that it's been 
quote unquote 400 years in captivity. And I told myself there won't be 401. There's going to be 400 and none. And what I mean is it's going down to John Clark, and everybody should take the same stance. <clears throat> that equal side, I'm about to start putting Amen. numbers on that other side. I'm going to make my contribution to that other side. And it's not that I can finally make that equal out. My God can, though, and he's already prophesied it. And I'll tell you about Amen. that prophecy. Speak that it, prophecy man. goes something on the wise of God speaking to Abraham. No surety that your your people basically will be, your descendants will be in, uh, servants in a nation that they that's not their own, and they will serve them for 400 years. However, in the, the uh, subsequent generations, <clears throat> they're going to come out of the, that bondage with great substance, and I'm going to judge that nation. That's Genesis 15, folks. The question has to be asked. He didn't give, he didn't say in 400 years. He, he said that they would be there for 400 years, and then in the subsequent generations, let me, let me give you the specific wording, if I may. It says, and also that nation whom they, this is Genesis 15 and 14 for those who want to know, and also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. Now listen to this, but in the fourth generation, they shall come here again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. In the fourth generation, it's stated. So it's not like it's right at the 400 years. In the fourth generation following the 400 years is how I see that. And then I ask myself, why isn't it that it's specific, just like how when they went into Egypt, which a lot of people think that's the 400 years, but it's not. It was 430 years to the same day, to the exact day, 430 years. I'm like, well, why isn't this 430 years? Because the most high knew that it wasn't 70 souls going down into Egypt on one day. It was millions of souls over a period of time being taken to Haiti, being taken to Brazil, being taken to Cuba, being taken to the Americas. It's not just one day, folks. It's going to take place over time. Okay, John, John, John. It's about. Yes. John, you breaking I you. up. Breaking I don't know what's up. going on. You're breaking up. No, I know what's so going on. I fixed it. To... Okay, go ahead. Okay. Yes. So all I'm saying is that that giant, the gig is up. The gig is up. Yes. So How... let me finish this by telling you a story about Nearest Green. Most people don't know who Nearest Green is, but anybody who loves Jack Daniels, they know who Nearest is. Jack Daniels, for 150 years, they've been getting paid hand over fist because they make a particular type of whiskey. And I'm from Kentucky, and Kentucky's known for three things. Horses, UK basketball, winning this basketball team in all the United States, and whiskey, bourbon, and the like. Uh. Well, the story talks about German 
Scottish, Irish individuals, immigrants that come over, and they use the leftover grain to make a particular type of whiskey. Jack Daniel comes under the direction of a whiskey distillery, the owner of it, and is taught to make this whiskey, and the rest is history. However, in 2016, the company, Jack Daniels, decides to tell the story of Nearest Green. Because, see, Jack Daniels did not come under the direction of that owner. He came under the direction of Nearest Green, who was a slave. The point of this story is this, folks. Had Jack Daniels, the company, never came forward with that story, we simply would have never known. And so I'm thankful for the stories of the people that we find out was the first to do this and the first to do that and so on and so forth. But I want you to know that for every person that, that we hear about, there's likely 10 others that we did not hear about. That's true. It's not that these companies don't know because the, 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 the large corporations that you have, these multinational corporations, they know. They know where that invention came from. There's a, a quote, folks, I'm sure you heard of it. Necessity is the mother of invention. My question to you is this. Who is likely to have the greater necessity, the owner of the plantation or the person actually getting pricked in their fingers by cotton, by the, 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 uh, the plant of the, where they picked that cotton? Who actually has the greater necessity to try and and stop some of the grie- the grievous labor and the intensity of it? The owner of the plantation or the laborer? <laughs> Folks, many of the best ideas I've ever came up with, even the one I'm working right this very moment, dealing with real estate and finance and foreclosures and the whole nine, it came when my feet were to the fire and I'm dealing with a situation in the trenches. Necessity is the mother of invention, which means that if we put the time that we put in enslaved, we are the ones who are figuring out how to try and make this easier. And, and let me say this, John. Property, I got I to yes. jump in here for at least 15 seconds. I got to say this. I got please, please, Brother, please. that right there is powerful because that's why I didn't want to do a show tonight naming all of the inventions. Will be, it's just we've got to do a shortcut. Like I say, we didn't invent everything, but that's closer to the truth than thinking what most people think in their head. You're absolutely right. The slaves are the ones that had to come up with these inventions. So, had folks, to you got to know about the spirit, the true black history is what I'm trying to say with this show. Somebody's going to say, well, why don't you talk about the lawnmower? Why don't you talk about the red light? Because, again, we got to understand Facebook. something bigger. Whites, I think it's better to understand who whites are. And, and their recessive trait and how they come from dark-skinned people, I, I, I'm just being honest. You know, they say we all a mix. You know, you hear that? I mean, look at white people real close. Dark, coloring men in your mind like with a Crayola, and I guarantee they look like your uncle or they look like some cousin of yours. We're not that different. I, I, this is my belief. And so what I'm trying to say, if we can understand that, we won't have to be with a fine, with a magnifying glass, looking for inventions on in February, which is an insult to our, with our to our intelligence. Go ahead. Yes. Um, so with, with with that being said, I just wanted to, to to just let us know if you want to find out who did what, go to Facebook. They, they all month they're going to be saying who did what. But what what you have to recognize is that we are not the sum 
of those persons that people find out about. There are so many more who are brilliant in their own right and have made these companies millions. By the way, I don't think Miris Green's family received anything from Jack Daniels, uh, from my understanding, which is apropos <laughs> because that's the way it's done. Um, the next point that I want to make, I'm not going to make it because Sister Eliana with that soothing voice already made it, letting you know who we are, which is Israel. It's important for us to know that because we are not products of Africa, okay? I'm not going to go any further than that, but I will say that, Sister Eliana, it's always so nice to have your voice on the phone as opposed to Seth and L. Oh, my God, that is a lesson in futility. <laughs> With those voices only, your voice is soothing, and I'm thankful for it. <laughs> um, thank you for your input. What I'd like to do is take a step further and give you the real important point for John Clark, and that's who you are as a born-again believer. And if you are not that, oh, my gosh, you're missing it because that is spiritual Israel. Physical Israel was placed in position for our example spiritual Israel for us to look at and understand, to gain knowledge from. And it's not to take anything away from physical Israel because I am he. I am all of that. But spiritual Israel, that is the end all. That's the end all. One day, ask Brother Seth to talk about what it is to be in Christ. Brother Seth talked to me about an hour, hour and a half about that. Important that people understand that now we are not just simply in and of ourselves as born-again believers. We are now in Christ. And I take great pride in that because um, I, I, I do business differently because I know that in Christ I need to operate with a certain degree of equity and consideration while still being astute and shrewd. I have to balance those things, folks. Powerful. Hold on, let me say this, Brother John. You know, it's 10 o'clock. I have to do this every day, every every show. Those, just click, those that are listening to this show, you clicked on a link. You didn't call a number. You clicked on a link. You must call the number now. We only contracted the 10. We always roll over. Tonight, probably about no more than about 20 minutes. We're not going to go long tonight. But please call the phone number, 914-205-5590. One more time, 914-205-5590. Everybody else, stay put. You will not be able to call back. Go right here, brother. Uh, I'm just going to finish up and say this. In the book of Jeremiah, first chapter, God is telling Jeremiah that before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. How is that, folks? Because we who are born again, we were predestined to be born again. The scripture in Hebrews states that, or no, in Romans, it states that for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn, that being the Messiah, among many brethren. The Messiah is our elder brother, folks. Do you not know? Do you understand the importance of that? All of a sudden, when you recognize that, the 
physical Israel, while that is superior from a physical standpoint, it pales in comparison to being a new creation. It pales in comparison. And far be it from me to not tell you the importance of history, black history, when this history that I'm telling you now is far above this world. As a matter of fact, if you look in Revelation, you'll find us there. When I say us, Israel, in Revelation 7 and Revelation 14, the 144,000, you'll find us there. But, folks, what you'll also find is this. In Deuteronomy, courtesy of LSU, as we pour through the scriptures, Deuteronomy 33 and 2, it talks about how the Messiah is going to come back with 10,000 of saints, of his saints. <laughs> That's us, y'all. That's us. The, the, the parable of the tear, where it talks about the person got 10 tears, and he was supposed to do, do, uh, do business with that. The other one got five. The other one got one. When the Lord came back, and that person who had 10 tears said, hey, I took the 10 and I made 10. He said, well done, faithful servant. I'm going to make you a ruler over 10 cities. Folks, that's a parable. It has a deeper meaning. Those 10 cities are really 10 cities. When the Messiah comes back and he sets up his thousand-year kingdom, we will be reigning with him. So when you talk about history, black or otherwise, I know of no history that transcends that. And for me, that's my rendition of black history. And with that, I'll turn the mic back over to you, Brother Seth. Well, that was powerful, and I love how he did that because really, everybody, we do know there is no such thing as black and white. Brother Patrick came on. Brother John, Brother Yakana, I really appreciate your gift, man, tonight. Okay, really appreciate you tonight. I know you got to run, but really appreciate you stopping by and enlightening us, okay? Hey, I appreciate having the opportunity, and um, I, I want to say big ups to Brother L, the Apostle Malachi, Sister Eliana, please read me a bedtime story. <laughs> <Couldn't help. laughs> Brother Seth and Sister Arlene, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good rest of y'all's evening. Okay, and just so everybody knows, uh, hey, John like, just yeah. calling out to like those that are normal, normally a co-host. That's what he was doing for those of you that are saying, who are those people? Because you got to remember, uh, everybody don't know who those people are. Those are normal faces and voices, either co-hosts that are on here all the time, just so you know. But listen, we're going to go to Brother Elishua here shortly. I just want to say a few things, and then we're going to uh, talk to the Brother Elishua about finishing up this. And we want to go no more than about 20, no, about 20 minutes, maybe 30 at the longest, uh, want to start trying to do, want to creep my way back to doing two-hour shows, and so y'all got to work on this really hard on the brother, especially when we have this many callers and so forth. Uh, listen, folks, there's no such thing as, as a race based on color. It's just not. No such thing. It's not in the Bible. If we brought all of the people on the earth back that have ever died, and we all was having a major conference. Most of them would not know what we're talking about when we say black and white. They would probably make fun of us because the earth at one point was all dark-skinned people. There were always have been white people, but there wasn't always a mighty nation like the Europeans are, neo-Europeans are today. Europe, like I said earlier, is a new. Everything over there is new. 
so they could not have been always there. They were in Africa. Everything started to me in Africa. Now, I know there's other teachings out there, but I'm just telling what a brother said to believe, and then others can come on, share whatever they want. I'm not, this is an open forum tonight. We're talking about black history, and I don't mind you sharing tonight. I really don't. But I have to stand up for what I believe, because I believe beyond a shadow of doubt what I'm saying. There's only two groups of people that have every facial structure, every body structure, and that is Europeans. And Africans, you ever wondered that? If you if you start migrating away from Africa and Europe, go to China, they all look alike. They all shape same with same bone structure. But in Europe, there's every bone structure in Africa. Whites try to say that's because we're the original people. We know they don't hold water because they have resuscitated white skin. I have been submitting for over 25 years now. The reason why they have every bone structure because they are Africans. They come from that land. Albinos, just like as we speak right now, 2019, February the 19th, 2019, in Tanzania, they are pressing albinos as we speak, so much so the United Nations had to inter- intervene. They was killing them. They're always looking to oppress people that look different. It's just, just part of human nature. That's what we do. That's what humans do, oppress people that look different. And they began to oppress those people, and they began to migrate up north, which is better for their eyesight, better for their skin. And it was peaceful, and they became out a mighty nation. But furthermore, the Father talks about it when he says, I'm going to provoke you, Israel, to jealousy by those that are not a people. What in the world does that mean? They're not a known people. They're not a populated. They're not, they're not known all over the world because they're pieces of different folks. I can prove what I'm saying. Science say this. Doctors say if you need a kidney or a lung, oftentimes some whites might have a better kidney match than your own brother and sister because we are half brothers and sisters, some of us. And some of our brothers, some of our brothers, which are half brothers, because we don't have the same mom and daddy, a white person from Africa may be more kin to you than, than, than this other half you are. That is the medical world. That's science. How are you going to argue with that? So. When I want to talk about black history tonight, I'm coming to you, Brother Elishua. When I, we talk about black history for the, fun, for the finale of the show, the final part of the show, I want everybody to think about this. The reason why we didn't get off into the inventions and all the Martin Luther King, because to me it's an insult unto our intelligence. Again, most inventions were created by dark-skinned people because whites didn't have to invent, like Brother John was just saying. When you are rich, you don't have to invent the little tools that the that the, the so-called man on the bottom think of to make his job better. So he won't be because he's feeling that he's feeling oppressed. Oppressed people do stuff to get out of doing stuff because they're oppressed. Rich people, yeah, they invent things, but nowhere near the the the, the on the scale of what servants create. So I do want to present a show out there where it talks about all these inventions and stuff. Y'all can do that. They're wearing that out on Google and Facebook and all the social media. Y'all know about all Adam Clayton Powell and all these people. Y'all know about them. But what I bet you never heard about is the thing we talked about tonight. So, Brother Oshio, any comments on that? Please comment on, on what you've just heard so far, please.
Brother Elishore? Okay, and he might have stepped away. Let me let me just uh, go here a little further on and, and um, 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 reach out to Sister Eliana if she have any questions or comments. Sister Eliana, if you have Seth? any questions or Brother Seth? Yes, brother. Did you put me on hold? No, I was on mute. Okay, come on quickly, quickly, because people are listening. Uh, any comments on what you've heard, either from Brother uh, John or myself, anything? Well, um, you know what? Not, not so much, but everything that you all have said basically has been on point. I just had an experience to share with the people, but if you want to go ahead and reach out to Sister Eliana and talk with her, then I can make that point afterwards. Well, I only said that because you was, uh, but if, Sister Eliana, if you have any comments, go ahead and press one. Otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and make this next comment. Listen. I was, uh, hold on, I just heard some noise there. LSU, please put me on hold if you're not talking, in, in, because I hear all kind of noise in your house right now. Okay, so listen, this is what I was chewing on earlier. Um, lots of thoughts, actually. But uh, we can always Google, like I say, the inventions, and there's a lot of good sites on that, you know, but again, the whole way we look at black history is, again, an insult. I really believe it's an insult. But, again, I do praise the men that that come up with this concept and that worked hard to get February notice because they could have said, we're not going to notice any month. I know it's just a month. I know it's the shortest month and all the things people say. But I'm really grateful that America take the time out of in a month to say, hey, we want to put the spotlight on African-Americans' accomplishments. I am grateful. But at the same time, I cannot afford to uh, allow my, my my mind or my mental or my spirit to be um, handicapped by um, something that's just imperfected, okay? So what I'm about to say is this. We have to be very careful with taking out a microphone, a microscope, and looking for inventions on the website. Yes, it, it probably would do you good to find out that the, who the, invented the red light, the lawnmower, and this, that, and that. I'm not saying it once. you never heard any of this stuff, it probably would do good. But I promise you, if you can just understand what Brother Seth is saying tonight, you have no trouble with um, seeing our contributions on this planet, and especially in America. And that is the revelation that Brother John was saying earlier, how that we as a people have always been the uh, in this country that's that's a baby but in this little short span of, of in this uh, experience called America in this country called in this area of, of the world called America yes we have been on the bottom for the most part and a lot of inventions have been invented by us to make our jobs easier that's the first thing I want to say so a lot of inventors you uh, will not see black people's faces on it, so-called black people's faces on it, or Israelites' faces on it, because whites were their masters. And that's what they did uh, from the invention of the light bulb to just just all kind of inventions where if blacks didn't invent it, they played a key part in it. In other words, if you was to, was to subtract their contribution, there would be no light bulb. There would be no this. There would be no that. So I thought I would do a show. So we would take uh, that microscope and just throw it away and just put on our spiritual microscope and just see the true world the way it exists, how that whites cannot be, as much as they claim, from Europe. That's a lie. Understand that. That's a lie. And I don't let whites or anybody corner me, any white supremacist corner me. And remember, white supremacy is a philosophy and uh 
blacks, some of our so-called black people, are some of the biggest white supremacists. Let me explain that. How are blacks some of the biggest white supremacists, Brother Seth? I tried to explain this to, to C.T. Vivian on, on an aircraft one time en route to Atlanta. Listen to this, folks. A lot of our white brothers and sisters who I love dearly, if I haven't said it already, I normally I say it every show, but I don't have no hatred in my heart for white people, and, and, I, and I will recommend you do the same. Uh, because you're losers when you hate. That's all there is to it. Uh, but whites know who they are behind closed doors. They know whether or not they're truly happy, full of joy, peace. They know the true state of their spirit or, or they have an idea. And they see so-called black people and they see their true state. And they have always been amazed by the happiness, the the. The, the peace uh, that comes out of a lot of Africans in the midst of their state, in the midst of Indians, in the in all of that poverty, they've seen a people all over the world who are far more happier than they are with all this stuff they got. So when they try to say that they're superior, they know better. Now let me tell you who don't know better because we're not in the boardrooms. We're not. We don't hear those conversations. Uh, uh, or because whites, a lot of whites are very proud for people, which most people in power are. And there's some things they're just not going to tell you unless they're on their dead, deathbed. They know the truth about whether or not they're superior. They know a lot of this history. I'm saying. Let me tell you who don't know it. Many of you don't know it. Many of you listen to me like I'm some kind of weird dude, or I'm I'm, I'm full of hatred or something. You know, I've experienced this most of the time while talking about this. I have spent too much time trying to prove that I'm not a hater. But I'm saying I submit to the family tonight and friends that most white supremacists are dark-skinned people because they believe the lie of white supremacy. And then they begin to act out. Whites are cases. They're really not white supremacists because white supremacists, now listen to this, most whites, especially those educated, now a lot of them are truly white supremacists and they really believe the lie, they believe this stuff, those things, blah, blah, blah. blah. Those are uneducated whites. But a lot of whites that have traveled, especially those that have traveled and have some degree of money or freedom, they know better. So why do they try to preach a superior? They're lying. They're deceivers. Lies when you know better, you tell something different. A deceiver is you're using the truth and part truth, part lie. So most whites are deceivers and liars. That's the truth. Then there are some whites that are white supremacists. I'm talking about those that are part of the problem now. But even good whites, a lot of good whites who don't wouldn't harm a flea on, on a black person's head or, or, or harm a flea, uh, wouldn't hair, or harm a hair on, on, black, on so-called black people's head, even a lot of them go in and out of deception and lies. In other words, they act as though they're superior. They act as though their neighborhood is better. They act as though their education is, is superior. They know better. They know knowledge don't care whose head it jumps in. So they're liars and deceivers. Then the uneducated whites, which is, to me, probably, I don't know, 30%, 40%, they actually believe they're superior because they're ignorant and they believe those other whites. But again, the group of people 
They're not saying we don't have educated people and powerful people that know the truth as well. Of course we do. But the bulk of black people I know that I rub elbows with, some of them have a little something, something they know better. But a lot of our brothers and sisters believe the hype. And that's what makes African Americans white supremacists and dangerous. That's how you get thousands of shootings or hundreds of shootings in a weekend. Or not hundreds, but hundreds of, I can say hundreds of shootings in Chicago in a month. I can say that safely. That's how you get a lot of our behaviors. We're acting out of the white supremacy we've learned from birth. Subliminally and consciously, that's what makes African Americans dangerous, is the white supremacy. Just like I saw that giant, trust me, nothing, nothing can match it. And it is unchallenged. Think I'm lying. Go around and start talking about it. You don't even want to say it out loud at the mall, white supremacy. You have a hard time saying it. I know I did. You know why? Because a part of you is doing something to your inside. I'm not trying to put some put one over on you mentally. I'm saying seriously. That's why this word is so uncomfortable. Because it does something in the inside of us. We are white supremacists. We believe the lie. Brother sure. Please, anything. Well, um, I'm gonna eat because I'm gonna have to be here and help get the children, make sure they're in bed. Um this Yeah, we're gonna wrap the show up, folks, in about five minutes uh, no more than five, this- ten minutes here. But go ahead and close the comments, brother. This is the thing. Throughout the whole show, as I was listening to everybody's comments and what Brother John said, and here's the thing. I started a research, a study, began to study history, began to study politics, and began to study theology, anything in regard to the experience of black people around about the year 1986, 1987. We're now some 30 years beyond that, and the year is 2019. And you know what I realized by listening to the show? That a 35-year study consisted of nothing but uncovering lies. 35 years. And I meant study, research, hours on hours, books upon books. I can't tell you how, many, how much money I've invested in books and research and hours. And what I've realized is that most of that information was basically oriented in uncovering lies that had been put up through the actions and the efforts of white supremacy. I first began to unravel those lies having to do with the United States of America. Um, I had to go back and, and say to myself, the narrative that's presented before me, the people who have presented this narrative, do they have a vested interest in lying? Do they have a vested interest that comes to their benefit by deceiving? And, of course, my conclusion to that was, of course they do. So my first place I began to do is I began to just look at the history of America. And I found out, like I said at the beginning of the show when I came on, 90% of what we have been informed and indoctrinated to believe is actually a lie. But now I'm at the understanding that now I know who's the father of those lies who have been generating those lies, the same people who stole our birthright, stole our identity, stole our heritage. And at first I thought it was just about us. But now I realize it's not just about us. It's about the whole 
world, the population of the world. So I said that to say this as, as we close the show is this, is that. Very true. Is that you can spend hours. Scripture talks about the studying, there is no end and much weariness. But I'm going to save you some time. If you really want to know what's going on in the world from history to present and where we're going, all you need to do is study the history of one people, two people. Study the history of Israel, who eventually became to be known as African-Americans, Brazilians, or what have you. And the other people you need to study is the people who occupied the land that is now called Israel, that was formerly called Palestine by the Romans, and prior to that was called Canaan. If you search, if you search the history of those two people, you would have basically done the history of the world because you understand why the motive, what was the motivation behind oppressing people of color, and you understand especially what was the motivation behind oppressing us as color as a people of color, because we're not just the people of color. When you understand who we are, it all makes sense. So what I do is I give you the benefit of 30 years of study and say, save you some time, study those two people, and all the answers will come. You will understand and know what has been going on and what's going on and why it is so. They wish to remove the very remembrance of Israel from the world. Why? Because the only people who can oppose white supremacy and be victorious over it Here we go. is Israel. You and understand it's that? God. It's Elohim. And it's God. Because remember, he chose us to be an example. And if the world is in shambles, it's because of our disobedience and our neglect and obligation to do what we've been called to do, which is a kingdom of priests reconciling man back unto the Most High. That is our purpose for existence. And the moment we lost sight of that, we begin to take on the ways of the heathens and the ways of the world. Now we're in a transition where the bones have, are, 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 have come alive, they begin to shape, and when it come together. But the fact of the matter is that if you read the book of Revelation, as Brother John said, you don't hear anything about the church after the fourth chapter. Everything from that point on has to deal with Israel and what's taking place with the Antichrist and what is going on in the earth. So the fact is, is that guess what? Remember in the seventh chapter, there was a woman clothed with 12 stars on her head, and she was, had a child, and the enemy, that serpent called the devil, went to destroy the child and her seed. That is not historical in the sense that we have come to believe it. It is very present day. So if you want to know why come black people who are of, Hebrew descent all over this world are being oppressed is because we're the number one target of the enemy because he understands who we are, what we are, and he understands the outcome of when we rise up and realize who we are and return back from that which we've fallen from. So I say, if you want to know the history, that should be your line of trajectory. And there's nothing else, no science, no no education, and no money that is going to eradicate the problem of white supremacy. The only thing that can stand against the beast, the only one who can make war against the beast and prevail, is Yeshua HaMashiach, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we are his physical representation on earth. And that's our calling. With that, I love you. I appreciate each and every one of you. 
I think the most time that you are people who will take out of your time to tune into a radio show to be more informed so that you can be equipped to do the work of the ministry to combat the works of darkness and bring about a conclusion to this age so we can come into an age of glory. People are looking at Africa. I tell people, I don't long for Africa. That longing was misplaced based upon misinformation that the white man told us. No. I hear a call in my heart and in my spirit and in my mind. And you know what it says? Zion is calling. Shalom. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, Sister Eliana, have a hand up. Let me uh, bring her on just in case it was something to you. And uh, okay. I know you got to go, but just we'll make this really quick. She, she may. Okay. Uh, Eric Code 209683. Sister Eliana, I think your hand is up. Is that right? Yes, it is. Oh, Gee, I'm Brother Ella sure you have something else. No, no, no. Go ahead, Okay, I just wanted to add that it's about the title deed. You know, the real conflict is about the title deed to the earth. The earth is one of the most unique um, planets, you know, that we have um, in all of the universe. And there's so much that's talked about concerning the earth and the, and the inhabitants that are on the earth. And so this, all of this conflict since the garden has been about who's holding the title deed or who's going to have the right to be the rulers on this earth. And so we know that through the fall of um, Adam and Eve, that, that title was transferred, but through the, the Messiah it was given back. So that's what, you know, as, as Brother Lashua was saying, if you really study all of those, you know, parallels between what happened in Israel and what's happening now and, and, and the history of all of that, it's really about control of the earth. Because in this earth, you know, if a person is scientifically inclined or they study the universe, they're going to find out that this planet, you know, they're always trying to find another earth-like planet. But this planet, control, I'm sorry, this planet contains all of the wealth minerals of of any you know of the whole system the whole universe we have everything here on this earth we have all of the gold all the jewels we have everything we have water we have life there is no other planet that contains the abundance and and the and the riches and the resources that our earth has and so we are the keepers of those things and also the most high is going to bring his throne and that's in revelation later in revelations he's going to set his throne up on the earth. And so he that's that was the most high desire was to bring that the heavens to the earth and to make it like a one dimension. And so we are important because we carry the knowledge of the most high, we carry the authority of the most high, we carry the laws and commands of the most high. And that is why there's such a conflict and such a fight you know, against our people and who we are because we stand for everything the Most High stands for in essence, not not in reality individually, but in essence as a people, uh, an enlightened people, an informed people, a renewed, a redeemed people, we embody the essence and the presence of the Most High. And he desires to be here with us ruling in this same sphere and plane on the earth. So I just wanted to add that 
um, to what Brother Elishua was saying for the for the people. So you understand, you get a bigger picture of why there's so much conflict going on because it's, it's really about this earth. It's really about the terraforming here. Well, sister, I hope everybody really listened. I know it's the end of the show, but I hope everybody really heard what you said. There was a little bundle of wisdom there, and a lot you said was very scriptural. You could have named scripture and verse and all that, but we didn't have time. But uh, I concur with that. Um, Brother Elishua, listen, I know you have to go. Brother, it's good talking to you. Thank you for stopping my co-host, Sister Eliana. Uh, thank you for asking your questions. Hopefully you'll be back or next week or soon to uh, co-host with me. And we really miss you, Sister. Of course, I haven't done a show in like four weeks. So uh, anyway, y'all, I really appreciate your contribution. I'm going to wrap the show. Any any last words, anything, Sister uh, Elishua, any last words, really last, last words? And no, I don't. I don't. I don't have a, anything to say. I have a request, though, and that is this: is that um, maybe not next week, but in a few weeks, um, if you're considering, you know, subject matter for a show, and that is the issue of um, the the state of young black men and young black men in America, and how do we look at them, and how does we look, and how do we look at them? Does it affect how we treat them? And um, so I like that. As you yeah. know, it was well, let's talk that I... about that off the air, but but you're right. Okay. I, I mean, I'm very, very serious. That right there will fly. That sounds like that's going to be a winner. So we'll, t- we'll just look for folks next week, I'm showing only about our young people. And you're going to be on there, right, brother? Yeah, I'll be on there. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Well, listen, thank you, Elishore. Sister Eliana, any last words? Yes, I'd like to say yes. I, I, I'm coming back towards co-hosting. I had a hard hit, um, some personal things, and um, needed to step away and kind of regroup. But, you know, the Most High is so excellent in how he deals with with everything. And so I, I really feel energized and ready to be part of Five Smooth Stones again. So, yes, looking forward to co-hosting in the future. Well, I appreciate that, and you just don't know how much you miss. I really miss you, sister, and we're blessed. More importantly, we're best blessed by the gift I know that the Father has put in you. So we'll talk next week, okay? All righty. Shalom, everybody. All right. All right, this is the Eliana Badia, all from Mercy, California. Brother Elishua in Texas. Brother John in California. We're all over the place. We've gotten call, even a call from uh, Singapore, so we really are all over the place. That's what we try to do uh, with over 400 shows. Folks just try to put out a word. We don't know everything. We ain't the best examples of Christ. Uh, at least I'm not. Uh, I just try to put out things I know for sure to help others and hope that they will be helped first and foremost. And second of all, that the Father will bless me for those works because I'm I'm a sower. I'm a farmer. I am sowing seed, and I want a good harvest. I want somebody to do the same thing to my kids. They don't always listen to what I say. And to my relatives, they don't always listen to what I say. Well, maybe with me sowing seed, I will reap a harvest. And that really is why I do these shows. I just want to be a blessing to people again. Putting truth out there on five smooth stones since 2011, information that we know for sure. So I want to play this last song, uh, a, a last song. Y'all don't, don't hang up on this song. This is a very powerful song. It's called Yahweh. Yahweh. Yeah, many of y'all don't call the Most High Yahweh, but you do say hallelujah, not knowing you're saying praise, Yah. And that's all this song is saying, Yahweh, Yahweh. Um, so uh, next week, folks, like you said, we will be on. Uh, uh, talking about young people, I don't really know what uh, the exact topic would be, but our young people definitely uh, need 
uh, attention, and we need to be uh, armed with information because I'm telling you, I'm lost with knowledge on on some areas where this this younger generation is concerned. I just I, we just need help with how to relate to them. That's all I can say on that. Uh, remember, you can Google any of our older shows. Like uh, I really, really recommend before I play this last song, I really recommend everyone go back and listen to the last four shows where I talked about my travels. It's not just me gloating on travel. Key people, key events were the most I really did come through on my travels and exposed some things and showed me some things. You'll understand why Brother says say some of the things I say. If you go back and, and just type in at Google.com, Enlightenment on My Travels, and then space, five smooth stones, and you'll get all four shows. There's international, one and two, domestic one and two. Love every single one of y'all, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. God bless. This song is by David G. Uh, he's a Nigerian gospel singer, and I hope you be blessed by this. Good night.
Yeah. 